This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for making this, as always, a part of your morning routines. Massive pleasure to join you as it is. Apologies that there weren't, uh, unfortunately, a show for you yesterday. Um, of course, there was the the normal 8am uh, upload for you, but of that was a, a reaction to the game against Manchester City. But thank you for those of you that did tune into that. Uh, and, uh, of course, I was kind of travelling back on the train yesterday, so I wasn't able to do the usual 8am live show. But we are back, as usual, today. So very happy to uh, catch up and talk with you all in the chat box, of course, as always. Uh, Matt G, good morning to you, to Kaiser, to Stephen, to Peeny Wing. Good morning to Aiden and Stephen, Jose. Good morning to Mike and A1 and Red Star. Uh, good morning to Damien and Carl and Rich. Good morning to Odorile, Javier, Olu, Johnny, Roger. Good morning, guys. Uh, Dominic, John, Leeds Gunner, Callum. Uh, sorry, Lucas Chambers, rather. <laughs> Callum came from. Um, but yes, good morning, everybody else as well, joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Do please leave a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are new. Jake Young, first time tuning in live. Fantastic. Always love seeing when people tune in live for the first time. Fantastic to see. Uh, let's get on with today's stories, though. First of all, Arsenal's under-18s drew 2-2 with Fulham. Jack Wilshere's side, of course, continuing to improve results after what was a disappointing start to the campaign. And things have got better ever since then, getting some wins, getting some good draws. They battled back in this game after going 2-1 down to, to get the point in the end in the under-18s Premier League. So worth keeping an eye on the team and the talent that's coming through because Jack Wilshere is doing an improvingly better job each time as well. Uh, Reese Nelson uh, posted an update to uh, his Instagram page of his rehabilitation. Of course, he suffered that hamstring injury against Juventus right ahead of the return of Premier League football. Uh, there's hope that he will be back fairly soon uh, and we can hope, fingers crossed, that that is the case because we're going to need some depth and more, more depth in that forward line as much as feasibly possible. Uh, it also... 
probably will allow Marquinhos to leave the club on loan between now and the end of the window, although it does depend on quite how long Nelson is, is still going to be out for. But the hope was that Marquinhos would have been able to go on loan, but they've been unable to do that because of Nelson's injury. Charlie Patino scored for Blackpool in their match against Southampton in the FA Cup. Great finish from his right foot into the bottom left-hand corner um, of the Southampton. Now, unfortunately, it wasn't enough to beat the Premier League side and Southampton go through 2-1 as well. But uh, Charlie Patino getting a goal, fantastic to see as always. You need to see him improving. And I think he's someone that may feature in a lot of people's discussions towards the end of the transfer window as well, considering the fact, of course, that uh, he is a midfielder that can play number eight, can play number six. And I think that that is going to feature into a lot of people's minds if for some reason Arsenal aren't able to bring in a transfer of a midfielder between now and the end of the window. Now, Sporting Lisbon are sent to want Hector Bellerin, uh, and they could indeed cause Arsenal to earn a little bit of money from any potential move. Of course, Bellerin joined Barcelona from Arsenal on a one-year contract. Now, Arsenal, according to uh, Kai Karnak, received a, well, didn't receive, but they inserted a 25% sell-on clause in any deal for Bellerin. And it was a strange thing because, of course, when he left Arsenal for Barcelona. It was on a one-year contract that he left Barcelona for. So the likelihood of Arsenal getting anything from that sell-on clause seemed very low indeed. However, Sporting Lisbon are looking at potentially signing Bellerin to replace Pedro Porro, who's on his way to Spurs, of course. And however much money they end up giving to Barcelona for the player, it could then allow them to hand off a little bit of that to Arsenal, which is a little bit of an interesting fact considering uh, the whole transfer fiasco from Bellerin we thought was well, good, done and gone by this point. Um, Thomas Partey uh, has obviously undergone that serious scan. He received uh, a rib injury, as we were told, after the game uh, at half-time against Manchester City and Mikel Arteta said that uh, they weren't really sure at the time about the extent of the problem and they're obviously very worried about it, but uh, they didn't want to take any they didn't want to take any risks, and so they brought him off straight away. And because of that, uh, it left every Arsenal fan a little bit of a panic. Now, the MRI scan has reportedly revealed that the injury is not serious, it is not significant at all, and that hopefully he will be available for the game against Everton. In fact, there is the words being used is there is hope and an expectation that Partey will be available uh, for the game against Everton. So not serious, really good news on that front. So hopefully we won't have to worry about Partey being, well, not there basically for the game against Everton and we're going to be able to use him. So that's good. It's also good in terms of Arsenal's negotiations with uh, um, any midfield targets that they have because, of course, clubs could turn around and just use Partey's injury as a reason to raise the price because they know Arsenal are in desperate need of a midfielder. Because Partey is available, of course, that doesn't mean that clubs can do that. So that is obviously really good news indeed. Now, the main story of the last 24 hours continues to be Moises Caicedo. Uh, the latest on the Brighton forward is that Arsenal have obviously had that £60 million bid rejected, as was expected. Uh, and that Brighton continue to say that he is not for sale. Now, after the game against Man City, as we know, Moises Caicedo released a pretty sizable statement in which he expressed his desire to leave. He said uh, that, you know, that Brighton would be able to get a record fee for his transfer and that he's got a family and, you know, all of this stuff. But basically, um, Brighton are saying no. 
and that they aren't selling them unless you pay a silly, silly, silly amount of money. Now, there's reports that suggest that amount of money is 80 million. Some reports suggest it's 90 million and some reports suggest it's 100 million. So there's not really any clarity on what that amount of money actually is um, for uh, Moises Kaiseido. We don't know. We don't know what the clarity around what the price tag would have to be for Arsenal to agree, I think, because we're seeing so many different reports that are claiming that Arsenal indeed have, well, we have no idea. <laughs> we have no idea whatsoever about what on earth they want for the player. But we'll have to wait and see uh, what goes on with this one in the future. But what I can tell you is that from my perspective, there's two things. One thing, I am not, I'm really not happy with the, the behaviour of people in reaction to this deal. The amount of abuse that some of the Brighton uh, journalists and reporters have received along this lines are ridiculous. Now, I haven't been particularly happy either with kind of the way in which the this whole fiasco has been reported in some senses, because I think there's a lot of antagonistic tweeting going on uh, on the Brighton side of things for a number of people, which isn't the best and never the best when you have the Arsenal fan base here. However, that does not justify some of the abusive tweeting that's been going on by Arsenal fans towards those journalists and some journalists who have been completely fine with the whole thing and just tweeted out what's been going on um, from the Brighton side of things, saying that they are not interested in selling and that they don't want to sell and that they're going to stand firm. And that, of course, Caicedo has been given time off until the window closes. It really is. Um, it really, really is a, a real shame to see people doing this type of thing and tweeting this type of thing. I had someone turn around to me and be like, oh, what was the tweet? I had some right moron tweet me yesterday. And I don't use that word uh, lightly. They were a genuine moron. Let me find the tweet. Uh, scrolling down. Where do I tweet this about it? Da, 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 da. Here we go. I said, nice one. Some Arsenal fans sending abuse to journalists just reporting the story. Goodness me, some of these... Fans do know how to embarrass themselves. And someone replied saying, we are calling out journalists who have now taken roles of agents if you think we are embarrassing press pass. <laughs> how silly do you have to be? <laughs> how silly do you have to be indeed to do and say things like this? Anyway, moving on from that chaos, please don't abuse journalists. It's ridiculous and it embarrasses yourselves. Um, the second point of this is obviously that Brighton don't need to sell. And don't have to sell. And there's a lot of misconceptions around this deal. Arsenal's bid of around £60 million is fair. It's more than fair. It's a very fair offer. Arsenal have done nothing wrong. And I do disagree with the criticism of Arsenal in particular and their bid for the player. The only criticism that should be levelled is at Caicedo for his behaviour. And I don't particularly like the behaviour. You know, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's helped the situation at all. Some people say, well, he's pushing for a move and that's what we want. Um but it's the way in which it's gone about it, and I think he's being poorly advised by his agents as well. It's made, if anything, Brighton more stubborn to the situation. Uh, what they've done is, as I say, they've given him time off until the end of the window. And for people that think, well, why would they want to keep a player that's going to not play or that's not happy? I can tell you for a fact that there are so many examples of players that have kicked up a fuss and then still stayed at the club and, of course, have then remained and signed new contracts with the club. Um, and usually what happens in these situations is that we see the, say the club in this scenario is Brighton. They let the player have a little bit of time off and then they offer them a new contract that includes a clause in it that says they can leave in the summer if a bid from a certain club comes along. That's usually what happens. Uh, we, I think we saw it with Coutinho at Liverpool. I think we saw it with Luis Suarez, potentially Liverpool as well. 
that whilst the players wanted to leave, they basically signed new contracts that said that they earned a bit more money and they could leave if another bid came in at a later date. But from the Brighton perspective, Brighton are in a race for European football. Brighton are in a race to try and secure the best league finish in their history. And Caicedo, a a player that is offering them so much good quality performances and that they can still certainly get more quality performances from if they can renew his deal for a short period of time. That includes clauses, as I say, to kind of guarantee a potential move to a big club in the summer will help them much more than 60 million will with two or three days left of the transfer window. So for Brighton's perspective, it is the it is the right thing that they're doing. They are doing the right thing regarding their own position and what they need to do because they're not going to be able to find a player that is going to sufficiently replace a player as good as Caicedo in three days. And I'd love to get some of your thoughts on obviously this topic shortly and we'll do that in part two. But you can't criticise Brighton for how they are acting in this scenario because... It's not about what they feel the player is worth because he's worth a priceless amount of money to them if he gets them into European football this season. So uh, let's see how this changes. And of course, we'll discuss this in part two as well. But uh, yes, uh, very interesting story indeed. Now, another interesting part of this story is that the same agent working on the case they don't do is the agent that's actually involved in the intermediary process of Ivan Fresneda. Now, this deal has gone very quiet, uh, very quiet indeed. We've not already heard any updates on this for quite some time. There had been suggestions that he'd already agreed to do a Borussia Dortmund, but that's not come out at all. Um, and all of the pushing kind of uh, came from this. I don't know if you saw this site, or even referenced this site called Pacella News. Now, that Twitter account, Priscilla News, has now gone offline. (laughs) And actually, you can't even find the account online. I think it's either been suspended or deactivated, one of the two. And it kind of, for me, this story is important because it really should provide context to people. What might happen, and it wouldn't surprise me if this happens, is if Ivan Fresneda does indeed sign for Borussia Dortmund as that site claimed that he'd already agreed a five-year deal, although there's been no announcement on that from any credible sources at this moment in time. Um... I wouldn't be surprised to see that account reactivated with a I told you so sort of thing. Now, you need to be careful when you're online and you're looking at transfer news, especially from different sources, because it is a brilliant way to gain traction, gain attention. A brilliant, brilliant way. You've seen followers of accounts this window, double, triple, quadruple, go several times bigger than they were at the start of the window. Shakhtar Donetsk's official account has used the Mihailo Mudrik saga to massively boost their profile. And, you know, and there's part of me that goes, well, you can't blame them. You know, it is an opportunity that they are taking and using. They've even sold Mudrik shirts to commemorate his exit from the club. This is the level that they're going to. And we're now starting to see, unfortunately, Twitter accounts that are maybe specialising in more um, left-field clubs that maybe people don't know much about, but, of course, are not very well covered and so don't have any specific journalists necessarily attached to them specifically um, but are focusing on like Real Valladolid, for instance, or players that might be coming from clubs that we don't know too much about, like Bologna, for instance, when we signed Tomiyasu, for instance, you know, Spezia for Kivio, although thankfully that deal stayed behind closed doors for much of it. But with Real Valladolid, it's one of those opportunities that people have to boost their following and can claim things. It's a real shame that this is being used. Unfortunately, it is. Uh, fooling a lot of people. Let's wait for the official lines to come out on this. Let's wait for some more information to come out on this. Uh, I hope he's a player that Arsenal signed because there is a genuine interest there. But 
he's a player that I think would offer Arsenal kind of what Zinchenko does on the right-hand side in the future. So let's wait and see. And the final piece to mention is that the Caicedo situation does not rule out Arsenal going for Declan Rice. Arsenal want both. Arsenal want to sign both Declan Rice and they have an interest in a quality midfielder during this window. They are different players. They can play different positions. They can both play six and both play eight. So you can play them together. It's not a problem whatsoever um, and shouldn't be for Arsenal should they move for either player uh, going forwards. And there is, of course, an intention to move for Declan Rice in the summer transfer window. So let's see how indeed that one changes. Um, okay, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's go into part two. Um, I, I reckon there's going to be quite a few questions, of course, about this Caicedo situation. Let's try and tackle as many of them as we can. Some strange comments in there today, I'll tell you. Um, a lot of people are saying about Caicedo, obviously. Let's go to a question. Uh, Marcus says, sorry, just joined. If Brighton don't let Caicedo go, who would we sign? We need a midfielder. And this is obviously the big question. Arsenal, if they put all their eggs in a Caicedo basket that really looks a very difficult deal to do, realistically, we could find ourselves in a position where we're unable to bring in a midfielder between now and the end of the window. For me, and I have tweeted this, I feel as though the release clauses that are available in both Ibrahim Abamba and Martin Zubimendi's contracts leave them as real opportunities for Arsenal to try and explore at the end of the window, if indeed they do decide to try and convince those players to arrive. The also other target that you've got is not necessarily even a target. The option to recall Charlie Patino is obviously there as well, and you could try and bring him back to give you more depth in the midfield, but it is a risk. He's been playing in the Championship, of course, for Blackpool, and it's not been particularly like he's been good, but it's difficult to see him being an immediate uh, kind of a Premier League ready player. You're taking a risk with that one. And of course, you might then prevent him from getting even more minutes this season. Um, Alvi says, do you know anything about the Aziz ban? Uh, I don't. I know that he was charged for misconduct, but I don't really know much more than that he got that ban. Let me do a quick check. Uh, Aziz handed one match suspension. Um, following an FA Independent Regulatory Commissionary hearing, Miguel Aziz has been handed a one match suspension and a fine. Um, the midfielder admitted to the charge in the FA and the suspension means he's ruled out of the Latic strips to Blackburn on Monday, the 6th of February. 
So there you go. Uh, I don't know much about it, to be honest, but uh, just that he was given that one match ban. So there you go. Uh, Pinny Wien says, is the loan for Caicedo? Uh, for, oh, ca- well, who is that? Camavinga. Oh, I, I really try and work out these uh, these can of vinegar from Madrid. Goodness me. Definitely off the table. Yes, it's definitely off the table. No Camavinga at Arsenal this time around. Abdul says, Tom, uh, this is what bothers me with Arsenal's business. As I mentioned before, they bid 60 million where they knew and we all knew it would be rejected. A bid 70 million as we won't go above that if they reject it, move on to the next target. I suppose the Arsenal hope is that their bids of 60 million kind of opens the gateway in this sense. Um, they've done that a number of times with players in the past. They've put in a very fair offer. And I think we can all agree that 60 million, whilst we're going, yes, it's going to be rejected. It's a fair offer for Caicedo. You can't say that it isn't a fair offer for Caicedo. They're not submitting a bid that is like well below, you know, anything like that wouldn't be fair for the player. 60 million is a very fair offer. Um, and so there's hope, of course, that they'll change their minds or that Caicedo's position will change or that the intermediaries have some kind of plate breakthrough or that Brighton sign a player. But it's a good starting point. If you go in too high with an opening offer and they reject it, the only way you can go is up and suddenly you're going up from a very, very significantly higher position. So it doesn't give you much wiggle room in that sense. So let's just see what happens. Um, <laughs> uh, Aaron says, hi, Tom. Have you seen that Brighton have signed a replacement? Have they? Have Brighton signed a replacement? Let's go to Brighton's official Twitter and see if they've announced any kind of signings in the last day. Um, scrolling down, scrolling down. Don't see anything about them having signed a midfielder. So, Aaron, feel free to tell me who that is, but I've not seen anything uh, at the moment to suggest they have done that. But feel free to send me a link if that's incorrect. Um, Lucas says, what do you think about his Instagram post, Tom? I found it a bit odd. It may have been a bit of a language barrier, but it sounded as if the deal was done. I know it isn't. Very odd to me. Yeah, it is. it was an odd statement. I wasn't a big, big fan of reading through it. Um, as I say, I think it made the situation worse rather than better um, for Arsenal. So I don't think it's helped out things. I think he's being advised really poorly. I think he's, you know, new agents are really trying to get a big deal straight off the bat for him if they've just changed agents to this new group. And I don't necessarily think they're doing the best of job advising him either. So let's see what happens on this one. But yeah, I'm not holding out too much hope that that is that is going to change anything because of that comment. But it was a bit of a it's a bit of a strange one. So there you go. Uh, Mr. Mute says, if we don't get Casado, uh, who would you go for? Who would you spend on two players if we could? Just jumped into the stream. So going back to the start, but good morning. Uh, I like Ibrahim Abamba. I think he's a really good player, good young option. Don't buy into the hole. He's another Lukonga because it's a lot of rubbish. He's not very different player, much more of a tackler, and really good at recovering possession, has had really good performances against top-level teams already playing in Portugal too. Um, I like him, and he's available for a release clause of around €26 million, I think, so you should be able to get him for a good amount of money. Uh, Let's scroll down some more and go to Daniel, who says, why are we even entertaining this bid? Uh, Do you think it could be a smokescreen because of Chelsea? A physical box-to-box midfielder of this type is not rare. He doesn't have world-class passing either. It's difficult to find a player of world-class passing these days, that's for sure. But I think he's a player that Arsenal obviously like. They like his energy, his tenacity. They like his defensive abilities. He can play six, of course. I know he's more of an eight, but he can play six. And they could definitely develop into a six without too much of a problem at 21 years of age. So, yeah, there is a lot of benefits to this deal if Arsenal can get it done on the player perspective. On a financial perspective, of course, it's a big, 
big investment for the team. Benji says, Tom, why not just loan Sergei Leminkovic-Savic or anyone that would fit and be an easier deal? Sometimes being too stuck on a profile makes us miss everything. Um, Milinkovic-Savic continues to be one of the most broadly and I probably would have a stab at guessing inaccurate people reported on uh, on the continent. It doesn't seem to me like anyone really knows what the situation with Sergei Milinkovic-Savic is or what we need to do to improve that situation for Arsenal or how on earth you'd even get him out of Lazio. We keep hearing things about 80, 70 million, then 10 million plus 40 for the summer. It's a strange deal it makes fans think he's very easily gettable when in reality he probably isn't. Um, so it's really difficult to know what's going on Milinkovic-Savic. But it's easy for us to say, why don't we just sign Milinkovic-Savic? And in reality, the deal might not be as easy to do as we think that it is. Uh, Christopher says, hi, Tom. Do you think Vieira will be Saka's competition if we do sign Caicedo and Rice? Vieira, of course, can play in so many different areas. He's a bit of a utility figure for us at the moment. But uh, he can play on the right. He can play as 10. He can play as a number eight. I don't think he's necessarily going to be tied down to one position between now and whenever his time at Arsenal comes to an end. I think he will develop gradually into probably that competitor for Erdegaard. And if Erdegaard's ever out, and he does suffer with the odd injury problem, and Vieira will therefore get his chance, we'll have to wait and see how indeed he develops and performs. But he's not had too many minutes this season, which has not helped him at all. Um, Aaron did suggest who that player was. Uh, I'm waiting, trying to find where he's put it in the chat box. Just signed a replacement. Again, I'm trying to find your reply, Aaron. I've seen it. He's going for a medical. Very close statistical profile. Who? Someone tell me who. Yasin Ayeri. Is that who you're talking about? Yasin Ayeri. Let's have a look at this guy. Uh, News. Brighton set to sign Swedish midfielder Yasin Ayeri. For £5 million, pounds, the youngster expects to travel to England later this week on a once the fee is finalised and his work permit is approved. 19-year-old AIK has been capped twice by Sweden. Let's have a look at this guy. I have never, <laughs> never heard of him. But to be fair, I'd never heard of Moises Caicedo either before Brighton signed him. So let's have a quick check of his profile. Uh, what position does he play? He's a central midfielder. Um it's one of those classic signs that they do again. Uh, not much statistics about him. One goal and five, uh, one goal and five appearances playing in the UEFA Conference League qualifiers. Uh, they didn't get through those qualifying rounds. Don't see anything regarding the the league though. Although they might be playing year on year. Let's look at twenty one twenty two and see if he played there. He has got two caps for Sweden, which is quite impressive to be fair, considering he's nineteen years of age. Uh, 24 appearances in the Swedish league last season, four goals, two assists, playing central midfield, can also play left, can also play attacking midfield. So yeah, I guess he does fit that profile. So there you go. Maybe that will change things. But do bear in mind that Caicedo doesn't have any depth at the moment. It's not a case of just bringing in a replacement for Caicedo. They don't have any depth for him anyway. You know, they really are lacking depth in that position, our Brighton. So I think they would have wanted to make this signing, no matter if Caicedo would have left or not. So that is certainly something to consider uh, when thinking about, yes, they're signing a player that can play in the same position, but they probably wanted to sign somebody anyway, uh, not just because Caicedo might be leaving. So there you go. Um, Jabu says, I normally exercise restraints quite well, but when the Brighton journalists wrote laughable bids, I lost my head. Uh, I, was t- <laughs> I was tight about this. Luckily, I didn't respond. Why are we disrespected so much? Look, I think that that, tweet from, I think it was Andy Naylor from The Athletic that did it, um, 
laughable. I think that tweet got taken out of context quite a lot. It's laughable because Brighton don't want to sell. That's why it's fair to maybe call it laughable from that perspective. I know it's it's antagonizing. I don't agree with it being described that way. I don't agree with it necessarily even being called laughable. It's not laughable. It's a very fair bid. But from a Brighton perspective, what's laughable is just a bid existing. You know, I think for their perspective, it's a laughable bid because they have no interest in selling. Um, they've said if they want to sell, you know, you're going to have to pay, what, 100 odd million quid. And so Arsenal have bid significantly below that. In the context of the player, 60 million is absolutely fair for Caicedo. Um, there's a lot of emotion uh, around the Brighton situation. There's a lot of emotion because for Brighton side of things, if you think about it, they're a club that have constantly lost player after player after player. And they're a club that are wanting to build towards something. They don't want to have to sell their players for this huge amount of money. It's not like... Um, it's not like necessarily Red Bull Salzburg, if you use them as an example, right? So Red Bull Salzburg are a team that are in a position in the Austrian Bundesliga where they are always going to probably be winning the league because the next best team behind them, you've got Sturmgratz, you've got Austria Wien, you've got Rapid Wien. You know, they're the other teams that are really going to push them. And the money that Red Bull have got in Salzburg means that there is no way that those other teams are ever really going to catch them. And... They basically run the club a little bit like a business where they develop players, they buy in for a ridiculously small amount of money, they've got really good contacts in Africa and they can sign some really good young African players that the likes of uh, any Premier League side couldn't because of work permit issues. So they sign Pats and Dakar, they sign Sadio Mane, they sign Naby Keita, they sign Enoch and Wepu. You know, they sign these players and they get them, they, they develop them and they sell them on for big fees. You know, I think Mwepu went for like 10 million. Naby Keita went for like, I don't know, 15 to 20 million to Leipzig. Um, they lost Sadio Mane to Southampton for a decent bid. You know, so the and they're just a small example of just one continent's worth of players. Brighton, on the other hand, are very good at finding players that are able to transition to Premier League football. Kukurea, Ben White, who's already been playing in the Premier League, of course, because he was with the low well, he played in the championship more so with Leeds. Um, who else have they sold on? I'm trying to think now. He's gone to Brighton's all transfer lists, but there's loads of opportunities. Brighton all transfers. Quick look. I'm sure I'm forgetting some big ones. Trossard, obviously, has recently just left to us. Basuma. Um, Neil Mopay, I think they, they made, they broke even on that one. Um, Dan Byrne went to Newcastle. Uh, who else has left Brighton in recent seasons for decent amounts of money? To be fair, it has only been going on in the last few seasons. So, you think back to 22, Kukurea, Basuma, uh, and now we look at Trossard in this January. The previous one, Ben White going for a really big fee, Dan Byrne going in that January window. So they find these players, they bring them in, and then they lose them, you know. And they've had Mietema, you know, for they had him on loan for that last season in Belgium, and they've had him for six months, and already he's being talked about as a potential exit. And if you're Brighton and you're trying to work towards constantly trying to get better, you don't want to lose players hand over fist all the time. And people turning around and saying, uh, Brighton need to learn their place, I'm sorry, is a joke. Like That's so disrespectful to the club to turn around and be like, it's Brighton, they need to learn where they are. And, you know, Arsenal are a team that are fighting for something. Brighton aren't in that position. So if a player wants to leave Brighton for one of those clubs, you've got to hold your hands up and say, look, take the money and run. No, because... You need clubs like that to try and break the cycle. And if they are ever going to break the cycle of being a selling club, they need to hold on to those players. They need to try and keep hold of those players. They're in with a chance of getting European football this season. 
And Brighton were a club that are on the verge, I think, of going down into possibly non-league action not so long ago. So this is an amazing rise that this club has done. And you have to break the cycle. You have to break the cycle of selling constantly to bigger clubs. And you can only do that by saying no. And the thing is with the Caicedo situation is, yes, he's turned around and said he wants to leave and he wants to go to one of these big clubs. And he's upset because he might not get that. As soon as the window closes, if you're Caicedo, you are not going to refuse to play for six months. And if you do, you're going to be a fool for doing it because you're going to blow your chance of moving to a big club because why would anyone want to sign a player at the top, top level that A, has done that, and B, you're in a situation in a market where there's going to be lots of other different targets to Caicedo where there just isn't that same opportunity in January. So they're going to sign other players that haven't been doing that and have been playing well for the last six months. They're probably given a brand new contract with a bit more money with a clause in, as I said earlier on in the show, that enables him to move to a big club should that offer come along. And until then, he puts in his maximum effort uh, and gets them into the European football, at which point they can then replace him better than they can do with two days left of the January window. So, yes, it's maybe annoying that there's a bit of antagonising going on for the Brighton side of things, but maybe stop for a second and just think about it from their perspective and their viewing of the situation. Because I have complete empathy for why there's so much anger from the Brighton side of things. And to be honest, 24 to 48 hours ago, I don't think I did. I don't think I do see it how I do now. But you know what? I paused. I actually reached out to a couple of friends of mine that are Brighton supporters, and they really outlined the situation to me better than I ever could have worked it out on my own without having that perspective. And it's worth doing. So... Yeah, I can't blame Brighton for being angry, frustrated and annoyed. Um, I, I don't like the, the description of Arsenal's bid being laughable or unfair. I think it's a fair bid, but in the context of Brighton, they need to break the cycle. They're just annoyed because they keep losing their players and they're trying to build towards something. It's as simple as that. Think about us. You know, when we were losing players hand over fist because we were losing Adebayor and Nazri and Fabregas, we were annoyed. We were gutted you know, to be being gutted uh, by other big, big clubs bigger than us in on the European and elite level, unfortunately, because of the context of the situation. So it's uh, it's funny how we were moaning then and now we're moaning about us doing that to a team like Brian. I know they're different teams, but it's the same kind of context. Uh, Vegas Gunner, thank you for the donation. Thoughts on the Cavalio alone rumours? You know, he's going to be better than nothing, but I think there are a lot better options out there for us, to be fair. Um Tammy says, if Brighton don't sell Caicedo, he will go down the Awar route. Uh, I don't know if that's if that would happen. Uh, Awar's a bit of a strange, it's a bit of a strange one with that. It was very, very different. Plus, he was playing in a different league, and so there are differences there. But he has dropped off a cliff since all those links to Arsenal and Juventus didn't materialise into anything. It was linked to Real Madrid at one point as well. Uh, big Fats of Lackey says, Tom, the thing is, Brighton didn't say anything when Chelsea bid 55 million. Now they're being frustrated. They just rejected it. They just rejected it offhand. Like, it's, it, they didn't need to say anything because it was rejected days ago. Like, it was ages ago that bid went in. So there's not been this big saga and Caicedo hasn't come out either with this statement. And I think that bid in went before his agents were changed as well. So there is different context again to that situation. Um, says, at the end of the day, Caicedo is a professional that wants to progress his career and, and he will play after the window closes. Uh, Timmy says, Tom, uh, can we think about it another way? If I want to change jobs, I can do it whenever I want. Forcing Caicedo to stay stay seems unfair. It might seem unfair, um, but he's under contract. So it's not the same as you and me in different jobs. It's not the same. 
Uh, if he's under contract there, you don't. Uh, another company doesn't come out and buy you out of your. Um, doesn't buy you. You know, it's it's very different. Uh, it's very different indeed. You don't. It just doesn't happen that way. It, it doesn't. I'm sorry. It doesn't work. It's just not. A, it's just not an example or an analogy that fits because football is just so different in this example. Yes, it's unfair. You would say on a personal level, but it's also unfair on Brighton to have to lose a player that's getting them into the European football they want this season. Uh, Billy says, what about Kefren Turan? We, I get asked this all the time. I get asked this nearly every show, I think, now about Kefren Turan. He's a good player, but we're not really linked to him. So it's a problem. I answer how many players could we register? Uh, how many players can we register? I guess we have to let go one player if we buy a player. I think it's Trossard and Kibiar are rest, registered on the team. Uh, I'm not sure. It's a good question. I would have to... I'm not going to do it right now. I'd have to run through the whole team to see how many non-homegrown uh, players we can still register. You can register 17, I think. And of course, remember that the likes of Martinelli and Saliba are, I think they count as homegrown. So that's important to remember as well. Nandy says, Tom, they've set the precedent buying for cheap and selling for high amounts. Yes, I'm an emphatic, empathetic, sorry, to them. But it is what it is. Uh, question though, do you see a failure to sign a Partey competitor as a fail? Yeah. Yeah, it will be a fail if we don't sign a uh, we don't sign a midfielder this window. It will be a uh, failure in the transfer window for sure. Um, but in terms of buying cheap, selling high, as I just said a second ago, you have to you have to break the cycle eventually. You've got to break the cycle, um, and if you want to stop becoming a selling club like we did, because we were a selling club for a bit, if you remember, we broke that cycle, um, and they need to do the same thing. So you can't you can't fault them for that. Lynn says, yes, uh, but Tom, on the other side of the coin, they bought Caicedo in for a very small fee and now they can make at least 60 million. But again, I'm going to raise this point again. 60 million to Brighton is not worth it for them. It's just not worth it. Qualifying for European football, progressing as a football club is worth way more than what 60 million could bring you in. And they've already brought in loads of money from Ben White and Trossard and Kukurea. They've already made loads of money from these guys. So, you know, it's, 60 million to them is not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's not, whilst it's a fair offer for the player, to them, it's just not, it's not, doesn't change things. It doesn't change things at all. Gemma says, yes, it does. It's called headhunting. Again, you don't see people going out and giving the company millions and millions, Gavin. It's different. It's so different. I'm sorry, it's naive to suggest that football and changing teams and changing companies, that there's there's enough similarities to say that it's unfair if we don't get Caicedo because he wants to leave. I'm sorry, but it's just different. Um, it's really not the same. Um, Leeds Gunner says, Tottenham head of youth recruitment coming to Arsenal. Yes, I've seen that. Uh, I've not seen whether or not he's, he's coming, but I think Arsenal are definitely in negotiations with his head of youth recruitment to come in um, potentially. So hopefully we get some news on that one. Uh, that'd be quite funny going from Spurs to Arsenal. And Spurs have managed to find some very good youngsters. So hopefully Arsenal can benefit from that as well. I think we are going to end things there. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I'll be back, of course, tomorrow. Uh, for the last 8am show, a transfer deadline or transfer window, uh, of course, we'll be, we won't be live at 8am on deadline day because I'm working from 6 uh, through until 4. So uh, I'll be doing a show at 4 a little bit later on today, uh, on Monday, sorry, Tuesday. What day is it? It's Monday today, Tuesday tomorrow, Wednesday's deadline day. No, Sunday today. Oh my goodness. That is, I'm so tired. <laughs> it's Sunday today, Monday tomorrow. 
Tuesday is deadline day. So Monday, I'll have a show for you. Tuesday, we'll have a show for you, but later on in the day, which is probably a good thing anyway, because deadline day at 6am to 8am is never a good time anyway. So I'll see you then. Uh, Of course, have a fantastic Sunday. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the rest of the football that's going on today uh, in the FA Cup. And uh, hopefully we get some big news about transfers that we can talk about tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.